Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body, and lifestyle. In today's episode, I have the amazing Blake Bowman here with me. Blake is a biohacker, holistic health expert, and online content creator with over 150,000 followers on YouTube and other social media platforms. In this episode, Blake shares a ton of value, and we dive into some deep and fascinating biohacks and life hacks, including how to use the power of medicinal mushrooms to enhance mental function, new learning, and relaxation, why practicing nasal breathing is key, especially at night, the benefits of red light therapy in enhancing collagen production and lowering inflammation, the importance of minimizing junk light, and Blake's top tips for correcting muscular imbalances and postural alignment with easy-to-go exercises that you can do at work. You're going to get so much out of this about how you can upgrade your body and mind and perform at your absolute best. I can't wait to hear what you think of this episode. If you enjoy it, please be sure to leave a review. Hello and welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast. I'm here with Blake Bowman, who is a holistic health expert and online educator. Blake has over 150,000 followers on YouTube and social media platforms. Uh, Blake, do you want to elaborate a little bit more about what you do? Sure. Well, thank you for having me on, Angela. Thank you for coming. It's an honor. Yeah, basically, I... uh, I do a lot of things in the health space, but primarily I'm an online coach for people that uh, are looking to take their health to the next level. And I don't dabble in common things. Um, I help people first and foremost improve their you know, muscular imbalances, their posture, and their injuries. Then I also get into advising people on you know, other things that they can do with regards to their health strategy to improve it holistically from every angle. And I'm not just talking about, you know, basic things like exercise and diet. I'm talking about, you know, using herbs, incorporating those, using biohacking instruments, you know, getting into routines that optimize brainwaves, making sure that you're exposing your body to proper light, which as we know now through science, all of our cells in our body actually metabolize. They literally eat light, kind of like Mm -hmm. a plant does. Um, so, you know, I, I help my, my online coaching clients really take control of their health by helping them understand all the factors that influence their health and then tweaking those things just to create a more optimal environment and take them to the next level of their health and performance and whatever that really means to them. But that's, you know, that's kind of what I'm I'm spending my time doing. Yeah, Yeah. Awesome. And so much there. I mean, first of all, I guess let's start with the, with the light, because I think so many of us maybe people aren't realizing how much they're consuming junk light and it's almost like having junk food. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on um, the type of light we should be getting and the things we should be limiting on that front? Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, you know, to preface this discussion, it's important to elaborate, I think, on what we just talked about, the fact that your cells eat light. Mm-hmm. You know, your, your, your cells in your body have photon receptors on them. They, they're basically receptors, kind of like hormone receptors that take in hormones, like a lock and key kind of scenario. There is There are receptors in our cells for light. And our body literally metabolizes, our cells metabolize light. They eat light for energy. And uh, as a result of that, you know, the light sources that are hitting your skin and your eyes are very important because as you alluded to, there's junk forms of wavelengths of light, which means certain colors and coming from different light bulbs and stuff. And then there are healing forms of light um, and light that has, you know, positive effects on the body and the physiology. Um, Pretty much all indoor lighting for the most part, if we're talking about like, uh, you know, light from screens, light from LED light bulbs, TV screens, things like that. Most indoor lighting, the wavelengths of light are just totally, you know, not natural. Okay. Mm. Um, and they are pretty disruptive to our physiology. One thing that is pretty commonplace, even outside of the health optimization world, is uh, knowledge of blue light, right? A lot mm-hmm. of people are becoming aware of how bad this is to be exposed to at night. Blue light is emitted oftentimes from devices like your iPhone, 
a computer screen and your body is simply not used to seeing blue light at night. And if you see it at night, it tells your body it's daytime and then it messes up your sleep. So yeah, it, I mean, it disrupts the melatonin production, doesn't it? Yep. And um, it's also been linked to macular degeneration. So yeah. which is a cause of blindness. So even like during the day being exposed to it is not good. So, um, I mean, people are kind of starting to wear things like blue light blocking glasses in the evening. Are there steps that you take even during the day in terms of limiting your exposure uh, if you're working in front of a computer? Yeah, I have a uh, app on my computer called uh, iris.co. And it's okay. a, it's, there are many different blue blocking applications. This one's the best because it allows you to like literally remove all blue light from your screen. I'm looking at my screen right now and it's like completely red. So there's like zero blue light wavelengths coming out. It kind and of makes that's something look- pretty easy that people can put on, you know, on their computers during their working day. Absolutely. Or you could just wear blue light blocking glasses during the day. They have glasses now that, uh, you know, that are not fully orange. They're not like mm-hmm. super hardcore blue blockers, but they remove some of the damaging wavelengths of light. You can pick up some of those just to shield your eyes while you're, you know, at your computer. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I love wearing my Sonics actually in the evenings. My kids mm. are always trying to take them off me if they're up, <laughs> you know, a weekend is pretty late. In the weekdays, they're not because it actually creates such a lovely light. Yes. Um, and it's very calming. Yep. And also, I mean, I think I find as well, a lot of people don't realize how much blue light is coming into the room at night in the form of alarm clocks or, you know, if you're living in a city, there's outside light coming in unless you have blackout blinds, for example. Um, Yeah. What are your kind of top tips to people for getting a really good night's sleep and optimizing proper hormonal function? Yeah. One is just to get rid of all blue light emissions in your house. Swap out all of your light bulbs for incandescent light bulbs, which are more old school types of light bulbs, like the old school Edison style light bulbs. Mm-hmm. Don't, those don't emit any blue light, neither do crystal rock salt lamps. So in my home at night, the only lights that are on are those lights. Those don't emit any blue, emit any blue light. So if you have those on at night, you don't even have to wear blue blocking glasses if you uh, are also not using screens. And if you are using screens and you have you know your uh, settings and apps on there and they're not emitting blue light, then you still don't need to wear blue light blocking glasses. But some tips that people can, you know, use to improve their sleep is swap out all their light bulbs for incandescence, dim your lights at night, black out your whole bedroom, like you said, um, blackout curtains. If you're, if you have devices that are glowing, put pieces of electrical tape over them to block it out. Your, your bedroom should be pitch black. And other than that, you know, if you're going to be around screens and things like that, or if you're not willing to like get rid of your LED light bulbs or your, uh, CFL light bulbs, then get a pair of blue blocking glasses at the very least and wear those prior to bed. Um, You want to do all of these things, you know, start blocking blue and also dimming your lights, not being exposed to bright light um, a couple hours before when you intend on falling asleep. So Mm. two to three hours. And even lighting, like kind of going back old school and lighting candles and things actually even enhances relaxation. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I know in terms of while we're on the subject of sleep, um, one of the things I know you're keen on doing is actually taping over your mouth while sleeping to encourage nasal breathing. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, mouth taping sounds like a crazy thing. Um, but there are actually pieces of tape that you can buy on Amazon called Somnifix. And I'd recommend people use that, not regular tape, because the adhesives and regular tape, like duct tape or whatever, are kind of toxic. Somnifix. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll look that out and link it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, this is actually a product made for this. You put it over your lips and it just keeps your lips shut at night. And that has multiple benefits. One, it's going to pretty much eliminate snoring, right? If you're, if you're a Mm -hmm. snorer, then you most likely are breathing with your mouth wide open at night and that's, you know, messing with your soft palate and that's why you're snoring. So it's almost impossible to snore when your mouth is closed. So you'll, you'll, you know, improve the quality of your sleep by reducing your snoring. Secondly, you're going to be breathing through your nose, which is way more optimal to breathe through than your mouth. Your sinuses actually mix nitrous gas with your oxygen when you breathe in through your nose. And this effect does not happen when you breathe uh, through your mouth. And that's important because nitrous gas, nitric oxide, is a vasodilator. It increases circulation, basically. Um, It can help with things like high blood pressure. Okay. 
-hmm. and that's an epidemic. So breathing through the nose can help with that too. There's also nerves in your nose that are associated with the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your eat or breathe branch of the autonomic nervous system. It's the opposite of the fight or flight response. So breathing through your nose helps to relax your body. And you want to like keep you can do that. alternate nasal breathing as well for relaxation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Any kind of nasal breathing is really good for that. Um, but yeah, those are like some of the main benefits of doing that. It can have a, in, in essence, it has a profound impact on your sleep quality where it improves it a lot. I think as well in um, children, it also has an impact in terms of their, you were talking about the palate there and how it develops in terms of the facial symmetry and the bite of the yeah. jaw. That if yeah. you're actually breathing through your nose, that's developing much better. Um, and yeah. often we're having these problems where children are ending up with braces because the jaw's coming too far forward. Yeah, it's um, interesting. Facial asymmetries mm -hmm. also are scientifically linked to mouth breathing. Yes. So you're more likely to have an asymmetrical face if you breathe through your mouth, you know, chronically versus mm -hmm. the nose. Yeah, it's interesting. And when, when you started taping it, I mean, was that something you had to work up to using all night? Um, something you had to get used to? I mean, if... if listeners want to try this, what would you recommend? It's, it's going to feel a bit yeah. strange at first. Yeah. Well, I'd recommend using that product Somnifix, not regular tape for one thing. And yeah, you know, it just, it's kind of weird. <laughs> you know, most people yeah. are not used to, uh, you know, the idea of doing it. And I've had some people be like, what if I suffocate? It's like, well, that's not going to happen. First of all, you're just, it's just a small piece of tape around your lips. You can just easily remove it with your fingers if you're, if you ever got, you know, startled or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it just takes time. You know, you get used to it. Um, the more that you do it, it becomes part of your routine. You get more comfortable with it. Now, you know, I don't even think when I put it on, it's just like part of what I do when I get into bed. Do you recommend that people practice a little bit with the idea of it maybe during the daytime hours first? Sure. Yeah. If they're prone to like panic or if they think if they're worried mm. about it, then yeah. Otherwise, you know, I would say, you know, it wasn't really a big deal for me, but uh, you know, everybody's different. But yeah, if you're if you're concerned about it and you don't know how you're going to react, then, you know, put a, put a strip on your, your mouth, you know, during the day and see how it feels, get your body used to it. Yeah, sure. And while we're on the subject of light, um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about red light therapy, um, in terms of using that for healing. I know that's right. something you've been using quite a bit. I made a video on it on YouTube on the top three benefits of it. But yeah, you know, it has, a, like you said, myriad benefits. One is it reduces wrinkles in your skin superficially. Mm -hmm. Dermatologists have used it for decades now. So, you know, I'm always, I'm always on camera, so I'm trying to keep my face as pretty as I can. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's an extra benefit. Um, but it also stimulates your mitochondria and it helps your body produce more ATP energy, which is, you know, crucial. Anything that's going to produce... Uh, or improve mitochondrial function is good. Yeah, it's so going to improve listening? your energy. Yeah, and uh, we're talking about cellular energy. Almost all chronic illnesses, you know, are associated with low energy production on the cellular level. So it doesn't matter if we're talking cancer, diabetes, mm -hmm. you know, COPD, whatever. Almost all of those are associated with low cellular energy production. So anything low that you can energy do, and also inflammation, I think, yep. as well. Exactly. And that helps with that as well, doesn't it? Yeah. So, I yeah, mean, it's so. like, you know, it's, it's very powerful and it can help, uh, you know, with the energy thing. It can help with the skin. It can help. It actually improves collagen production too, which is actually how it helps with wrinkles. But the same mm -hmm. mechanism behind which it, how it helps wrinkles is how it also helps with muscle recovery, right? It, it encourages your body to produce more collagen, which is you know, the most abundant type of connective tissue in the body. And that will basically like that that's woven in all of your muscles and your tendons and everything like that. And having increased production of it can help you recover from your workouts, can help you recover from injuries. It's powerful stuff. Yeah, powerful. really, really powerful. And, and so many multi uses. And now they're so much more accessible as well. Um, I know yep. Juve, for example, have brought out the Juve Go. Um, really, yep. really cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of injuries and kind of muscular imbalances and postural, I mean, you're a kind of an expert on postural alignment. I know that, yeah. um, you know, one of the things I really struggle with, I'm, I'm pretty good in terms of getting up and moving around and taking breaks sort of every 25, 30 minutes if I'm working on something. Um, but what suggestions do you have? And a really common thing for people who are seated is really tight uh, hip flexors. Mm -hmm. um, 
But, you know, your overall posture when people are crossing their legs, uncrossing them, um, particularly those in sedentary jobs, what would be your main recommendations in terms of exercises and things that people can do to keep their alignment? Yeah. Well, a lot of it comes down to muscular balance. And this is, I think, important for people to realize before we move into this discussion further. You can't, when you have muscular imbalances where certain muscles are too tight and other muscles are too weak, because your muscles attach on your bones and they have tension in them, they dictate the posture that you have. So if you have these muscular imbalances, they will dictate the postural distortions that you will have. So you cannot simply just have good posture, right? There's always that saying, mm -hmm. sit up straight, you know, sit with good posture. It's not easy to do that when you have muscular imbalances because you're fighting against this internal tension in your muscles. So you might be able to, if you have tight pecs, tight chest muscles, for example, you might be able to temporarily put yourself in a good postural position. But as soon as you get your mind off of the, uh, you know, your awareness, as soon as you move your awareness off of your posture and onto your work or whatever, you get distracted, you're going to resort right back to that poor postural position. So the ideal with corrective exercise is to get rid of those muscular imbalances, stretch and release and massage the muscles that are tight and strengthen mm -hmm. the muscles that are, are too long and weak. And in the act of doing that, you can create a more balanced, natural posture that you don't have to think about that just kind of defaults to an optimal position. Okay. So the reason why sitting, you know, for long periods of time, one of the myriad reasons why that's bad for you is that it actually creates muscular imbalances. Holding mm -hmm. any position or doing any kind of repetitive task over and over again eventually gets the tissues in your body to adapt. Okay. So when you're sitting, your hips are what's are in what's called a flexed position, which means that the the angle at the hip is reduced, right? When you're standing, your hips at about 180 degrees. When you're sitting, they're at about 90. And what will happen is the hip flexors will start to adaptively shorten, which means they, they just, you're putting them in a shortened position. And mm -hmm. once you stay there for a long period of time, they kind of get stuck like that, right? So yes. yeah, that is a, that's a, that's you can a actually comic. feel it if you've been sitting for any length of time as well. Yeah. So like, you know, you, you kind of, mentioned, you know, a really powerful strategy is just to make sure that you're not sitting for long periods of time, even just to take 30 seconds, every like 20 to 30 minutes or so to stand up yeah. and stretch the hip flexors before you sit back down. That is a powerful thing that you can do to disrupt the tissue adaptation that is working against you. And, uh, you know, without getting too lost in the weeds with like corrective exercises and intense stretches that people can do that right there is a very powerful thing that people can do. Just stand up every 20 minutes stretch your legs and then sit back down you know yeah. you're breaking up the pattern that's mm. forming these muscle imbalances by doing that and that's super strong and you know the other thing that people can do that's going to make a huge difference is strengthen their glutes strengthen your butt muscles yeah i was going to come on to that because yeah, often people aren't activating the glutes yeah and the hip flexors are antagonist muscles to the glutes and that just means that they, they do the opposite things and mm. uh if you're really tight in the hips the hip flexors then that almost guarantees you that you're going to be weak in the glutes um, so strengthening the glutes at the gym, doing things like hip thrusters, very, very powerful to do to protect your hips and your back and your knees from injury. And almost all of my online coaching clients, almost everybody I've ever trained has weak glutes. And, uh, that's because we're sitting on them all day. Because of the yeah. sitting. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. funny that you say that cause I actually like to, I mean, I have an under desk treadmill, but I also like to keep a kettlebell by my desk. So when awesome. I take breaks, I'll just kind of stand up and do some swings. Yeah, um, which I think is hitting the glutes as well and kind of disrupting the movement pattern. Yep. Um, but not to yeah. say as well for the benefits in terms of blood pressure and, you know, just the association between sedentary lifestyle and chronic disease as well. Oh, There's yeah. so many reasons to get up. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you can't undo a whole day sitting with one workout. I think nope. people like to think that if they're going to the gym, that's going to solve the problem at the beginning or the end of the day. But in reality, it isn't. Yeah. No, that doesn't work. You want to no. incorporate movement all throughout the day if possible. Yeah. The thing I notice as well, though, is as people are, people get older and it starts in childhood. I mean, I see it with my own children just from sitting at school is the rounding of the shoulders. Yeah. Um, that, that starts really early on. Do you have specific exercises that can help people to adjust that and bring that back? Yeah. Well, that is another, uh, result of tissue adaptation mm -hmm. okay so like when when students for example are in class they're hunched over on their desk reading over a book their body is in that flex position and all the muscles in the front of their body tend to shorten right 
So mm. anybody that has rounded forward shoulders, you're going to know what muscle imbalances they have. They're going to have tight chest muscles. Their chest, their pectorals, they're going to be very, very tight. And they, those need to be stretched and released. And then you also know that the upper back muscles, with somebody like that kind of posture, you know that those muscles are going to be weak. So a good approach to address that would be to stretch the chest muscles. Um, what you could do is a simple stretch called a doorway stretch. You stand in a doorway, put your arms out to the side, and like lean forward. And you really open your chest, poof your oh, chest yeah. out wide. Feels amazing. Yeah, that will really stretch open the chest. And if you do that in combination with an exercise that trains the upper back, you're going to be really uh, doing a lot for your, your muscular balance and posture. And a simple exercise to strengthen the muscles in the back would be to just grab a resistance band at about a shoulder width grip, hold it out in front of your body at about the same level as your chest. And then while you're holding that band, you simply just pull it apart. You bring your arms out wide like you're going to give somebody a big hug. You squeeze your shoulder blades together behind your back. And then you bring your arms back in front of you to that shoulder width position. That's called a band pull apart. If you just do that for about three sets of 10, you do that with some pec stretching. You do that daily and you devote like two to three minutes to do that. That will have a powerful impact on your posture. Yeah, for sure. And that's something people can do at work even. You can just yep. keep a band with you. Um, exactly. I've noticed that because it gets right into those muscles that you're targeting because it's not the big compound movements in terms of pull-ups and things. We're talking about that center bit of the back that support yeah. posture. Yeah, and, and to build off of that too, a lot of people always remember this. Muscles that are always getting strained are usually weak muscles. And almost everybody that with that type of posture, kind of rounded forward back, um, those people almost always get tension and knots in their upper back. And in actuality, the worst thing you can do is, is release that area more and massage it more. You need to strengthen that area. It might feel better to temporarily to, to massage it and stretch uh -huh. it, but you actually need to strengthen it, and that will be what's going to give you that long-term relief. Because I guarantee you, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, that's me, I always get knots up there. I would imagine if you're like any of the thousands of people that I've worked with, rolling that area with a foam roller or getting it massaged makes it feel better temporarily, but then the next day, it's back again. And then you have to yeah. do that over and over and over again. And the reason for that is you're not treating the underlying cause, which is weakness, right? Mm -hmm. So you're just treating symptoms kind of, and you're not really getting down to the, uh, you know, the causative factor. And that is most likely weakness. So if and you're you get in that this buildup as well, don't you? Because what I notice is I see it in clients is that it then sort of graduates because of where the muscles attach and goes right up into the neck. And that's when people can get really bad headaches across oh, yeah. the front. Um, yeah, a lot of yeah. orthopedic pain is just caused by tissue stress, which is tight muscles. And the tendons where the muscles attach are tugging at the bone or the attachment site, and that's causing a little bit of localized inflammation there. The, mm -hmm. the vast majority of joint pain and pain that people experience is caused by that, in my opinion. There are some like soft tissue tears that people can have, you know, degenerative uh, changes in their joints, mm -hmm. like in their spine, things like that. And those are prolapses. Yeah. That's, yeah. a, that's another major cause, but a lot of it is just from tight muscles, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what I discovered in my own you know, journey through health here. And, and that's pretty easy to address too. You don't need surgery for that. No, for sure. Um, absolutely. And the thing with uh, surgery in those areas is it's not ideal anyway, because it's a pretty delicate area, particularly when you start getting up into the neck. Um, oh, yeah. But general overall relaxation, I think, as well, in terms of, you know, you were saying how it's really about lifestyle. And mm, even incorporating yes. like the breathing and meditation uh, can help to just ease off those muscles because I think so many of us actually really hold that tension in the neck. Yeah, that's a great point. Yes. Um, your central nervous system, it, it innervates all your muscles and it's your brain and your spinal cord and your peripheral nervous system. And if you're experiencing a lot of stress and anxiety, you send excitement down your entire you send like neurological signals down your entire nervous system that goes into your muscles and causes them to tense up mm -hmm. so yeah if you're stressed out and anxious all the time and you're one of those people that feels that way and you're still drinking like a pot of coffee every day it's like you're yeah. making everything worse by adding all these stimulants you need to pay yeah. more attention to relaxing your body and ramping up the inflammation as well yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's true. So, and also I think the red light helps with that as well in terms of the muscular side. Yeah. Um, it's not going to do much. Like as well. Oh yeah. That. Infrared sauna. That will help for sure. Yeah. Yep. You can do movement in those as well, which is good because they're not as hot as your regular sauna. So. Yep. Um, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Now in terms of when we're talking about 
sort of relaxation and de-stressing. I think a lot of people, before we come on to, because I definitely want to speak to you about mushrooms because you have so much knowledge there. But I think also going back to the breathing, a lot of people don't realize that you can't activate the sympathetic system, which is the stress system and the parasympathetic, which is the rest and digest at the same time. And so when you're doing that deep nasal breathing that we were talking about earlier, that starts to engage the parasympathetic system. And that will automatically then start to quell the anxiety yep. rather than kind of focusing on the anxiety itself. But um, you've been using mushrooms a lot uh, medicinally. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell us a bit more about that in terms of which ones that you use for relaxation mostly? Yeah. Well, I got into mushrooms a few years back by uh, a gentleman named Daniel Vitalis. Yeah, basically he, he was foraging mushrooms and he... I became very intrigued in foraging mushrooms. So I started foraging mushrooms, started reading books, started attending courses. And I just fell in love with the act of finding wild mushrooms. And then I fell in love with the medicinal properties that a lot of these mushrooms have. Mm. And uh, I started looking into the science of them more. And now they're pretty mainstream in, in the health world. You know, there's lots of mushroom products in the market. But um, one of the mushrooms that grows by me, and you can cultivate these mushrooms too. You don't have to forage them. You can grow them yourself. Grow them in um, yeah, your own home. Yeah, but uh, reishi mushroom is definitely my favorite mushroom of all time because of the benefits that it's had on me. It's called the queen so of mushrooms. I was just about to say it's called the queen of mushrooms, isn't it? Queen of mushrooms yeah. in Chinese medicine. And yeah. uh, there's over like 500 peer-reviewed published studies on the medicinal properties and benefits of the beta-glucans and triterpenes in this mushroom. Uh, in the West here. So it's been studied a lot, but yeah. you know, and scrutinized by Western science. And it's, it does so many things. It's good for your liver. It's good for uh, anxiety. It's good for myriad things in the body. You know, there, like I said, there's 500 studies on this. Um, but yeah, one there's of the, a lot of science to back it up. It's been <laughs> yeah. used, as you say, in Chinese medicine for thousands of years. Yep. So um, it's been used for a long time and it's been validated recently by going under the scrutiny of the scientific method. Um, mm. but yeah, I mean, it's been proven. It's, it's a proven anxiolytic mushroom, which means anti-anxiety. So, um, and if people want to use it for like lowering anxiety, what do you recommend yeah. in terms of how they have it and how often? Well, it's very bitter. If you have a good reishi extract mm -hmm. and it's actually a good extract, this is like a whole nother thing we could talk about. There's a lot of crap products in the marketplace, unfortunately, um, that are either extracted wrong or grown wrong. And, the end product is crap. But assuming that you have a good product, a good reishi. And how can you tell a good one? So, for example, <clears throat> if people want to know that they've got a good reishi, how, what, what, what would well, they look for? You mentioned it's bitter, but what else? You want it, the substrate that it's grown on is very important. And that's like the okay. soil that a crop would be grown on. Reishi uh -huh. is supposed to grow on logs. In nature, it grows on dead wood. And right. lots of times it's cultivated on like grains and things like that. Um, so you don't want to buy grain... And if it doesn't say, if you're buying a mushroom extract and it doesn't say log grown on it, then chances are it's grown on grains, which is an unnatural substrate for the mushroom. And it's probably not going to have the same nutritional value that a, that a log grown one would have. So you want it to be okay, grown on Okay, that's interesting. Yep. And you also want to make sure that it's the fruiting body extract. A lot of these companies will extract what's called the mycelium, which is like the root network sort of, um, mm -hmm. that's the way you can think of it, of the mushroom. It's not the fruiting body. It's not the mushroom that you would actually see popping out uh, on a log or something. It's actual like the little white hairs that are growing inside of the log. You know, basically they chop up this substrate powder, all this grain that's mixed in with the mycelium and then they extract that and sell that to you. And it's dirt cheap for the manufacturers. It okay. looks like the leftover products, basically. They sell the fruiting body to some higher end company and then they put this in their product and it's that's never been used traditionally in chinese medicine um the fruiting body always has and they're like just putting the substrate in with it so you're getting all this grain with it too so okay you know basically just most supplements out there are bad and then two you know if you just buy a reishi powder mm -hmm. that's like the worst of all because if it's not extracted the, the cell wall of of uh these compounds is it has a lot of chitin which is like a very hard layer and it's not bioavailable at all meaning your body can't absorb it so if your powder is not extracted 
okay? Mm -hmm. um, or your supplement cap is not extracting. It's just reishi powder or something like that. Your body's not even going to be able to use that at all. So you need to get an extract. You money. Yeah. You need to yeah. get an extracted product from reishi that is grown on logs. And you want the extract to be of the fruiting body of the mushroom. And a good company that's doing this would pre presumably provide that information if people are looking for it. Yeah, it's kind of like organic versus not organic. If mm -hmm. if it is organic, it's going to say it on the package and you're going to know it's organic. If it if it's not organic, then it's just not going to say anything. And, you know, the medicinal mushroom market is is very much so the same way. It costs more for companies to to buy these, you know, higher end extracts that are grown the right way and extracted the right way. And if it if that is the case, then they'll put that on the packaging. If it's not the case, and it's not on the packaging, you can just assume that it's grown on grains and it's probably a mycelium extract mm -hmm. that you're getting, or even worse, just a mushroom powder with no extraction method done to it. Okay, that's interesting. That's, that's really helpful for people. Um, I didn't realize actually how they were grown, so that's super helpful. Yeah, um, I mean, you wouldn't grow like, you know, spinach in sand, mm. you know? <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And how difficult is it for people to grow these? It's actually pretty easy. You can buy, uh, you know, on Amazon in the U.S. here, you can buy a big chunk of, uh, you know, sawdust, which is not normal, but I mean, at least it's wood, um, which is more of a natural substrate. You can buy like these sawdust bricks that have the mycelium in it already of reishi, but it comes okay. in like a vacuum sealed bag. So it's kind of like in stasis. And as mm -hmm. soon as you like open these kits and expose it to moisture by spraying some water on it and oxygen, then the mycelium starts to take over the log. And after a few weeks, you get reishi fruiting bodies just popping out of the log. It's pretty oh, cool wow. to do it at your house. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. I think I'm going to give that a go. Yeah. And how would you then prepare them yourself? So if you've grown them, yeah. how would you so them That comes down to like the herbal uh, folk method of extraction. So, you know, when you're buying a commercial product, it's already going to be extracted for you. But I told you that like the, the cell wall and the bioavailability of all the goodness of mm reishi it's locked in there and you can chop up that mushroom you can't really eat reishi for uh either it's very hard it's like chewing mm -hmm. on wood so what you have to do is extract it okay and okay. half of the stuff in reishi half of the beneficial you know compounds are going to be water soluble and the other half are alcohol soluble so what that means is let's say you grow some mushrooms yourself you have these reishi you know mushrooms that you've picked off of the, the brick of sawdust and now you have them in your hand, what do you do with them? Well, the first step is you grind it down into like a powder and like a coffee grinder. Okay. okay? The second step is you, you can either do one of two things. You can either just make tea with it. That would be a hot water extract. Or you and can if do you, it If you're making tea with it, just to ask that, yeah. you know, for example, I know like with, um, I drink quite a bit of matcha tea. So you don't mm -hmm. want to put boiling water on it because then you're destroying a lot of the antioxidants. Is that yeah. true with this as well? Yeah. Unless you yeah. do it in a pressure cooker. Okay. Because under high pressure, you don't get that mm -hmm. degradation happening. Right. That's something that like a master herbalist told me. So if you have an instant Instapot or something like that, yeah, um, you can cook it in there at really high temperatures and you don't have to worry about destroying any of the active stuff. But yeah, you, you can make it? it uh, you could steam it, but I don't know how you'd get a tea from that. Yeah. You know, okay. you just have yeah. a steamed, steamed. mushroom. <laughs> yeah uh, it's better to like extract it into a hot liquid hot water so that would okay. but remember that only pulls out like half of the stuff yeah the other half so of the stuff is alcohol soluble okay. so only half of the goodness of the mushroom gets pulled out in the tea so typically you would also do a alcohol extract and a lot of times you know herbalists will mix these two together the tea with the mm -hmm. alcohol extract and that's what's called a dual extract so it'll be the tea a really concentrated version of the tea mixed with the alcohol extract. And what um, alcohol are you using here? You use like really strong, like as strong as you can get alcohol, like uh, 190 proof alcohol. Wow. Okay. And uh, basically you just chop it up, the mushroom, put it in mm -hmm. the mason jar and then pour a bunch of that alcohol in there and you just let it sit in the mason jar for okay. as long as possible. Really. Most people will do it for a minimum of six weeks. They'll just let it sit in the mason jar. You can put it in your pantry and okay. the alcohol is breaking down the mushroom and pulling out all of the medicinal compounds. And then wow. when you're ready to consume that, you just, you know, dump the alcohol, you know, solution with all the mushroom matter through like a sifter or a strainer. You filter out all the mushroom chunks and mm -hmm. then you just get a, uh, you know, 
alcohol mushroom liquid <laughs> basically that comes out. And that liquid has all of the, uh, you know, medicinal p- components from the reishi. And then you would and then mix what are you going to use like a dropper with it on your tongue or? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Tincture okay. is what that's called. Yeah. But that's how you would do it if you grew the mushrooms yourself or if you foraged them in the wild and, uh, you know, had the mushroom and you're looking to do something with it. That's, that's what you would do. Mm-hmm. Most of these companies that you can buy them from, if you're buying a, uh, you know, mushroom extract, it's already gone through these processes in a big e- economical way uh, through whatever, you know, way it's been produced. So, you know, you don't have yeah. to do that. I've had it with like um, Four Sigmatic in terms of in tea and yep. things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're creating at the moment, I'm super excited to hear more about this. You're creating your own medicinal mushroom blend that's yeah. designed to target, uh, you know, a lot of our listeners actually in terms of busy professionals or entrepreneurs who are highly stressed and maybe don't want to rely on the buzz from caffeine. Um, exactly. The Zen blend. Um, tell yeah. me, t- tell us about that. Yeah. So basically I started drinking this myself. It was, it's just like a mix of cocoa with some herbs, reishi included, uh, that helps with anxiety. It gives you blissful, blissful energy, inner peace, really calms your body down. And that's uh, why I started making this for myself. And I've, I've honestly been making this myself in my home here for like three years. And it's wow. helped me profoundly. And, I, and then I started telling people, sharing the recipe with people and stuff. And, uh, you know, it just and kind yes, of And yes, so tell us what's, what's in it. It's cocoa. It's going to have magnesium, reishi, cordyceps, and bacopa. So it's a pretty okay. simple blend. Um, but these are all procured from really high-end suppliers. All the you know the reishi is log-grown; it's extracted properly. All those things that I just talked to you about. Yeah. Um, but that's it. It's got a. Couple what does it taste like with the cocoa? Is it kind of? Do you it, have this as like a warm drink or? Yeah, you'd have it as a warm drink. Exactly. Okay. It's like a uh, sweet, chocolatey kind of drink. But the bitterness from the reishi will come out too. That's why it works well with the uh, with the cocoa. Okay. But it, it does have like a kind of a bittery, chocolatey taste. It's good. It's really Have you got good. like stevia in it to sweeten it? Or where's the sort of sweetness coming from? Yeah, we use the combination of stevia and monk fruit. Okay. So got a combo of those two. Uh, nice. That's where sweetness is coming from. Yeah, and there's no yeah. fillers. We went through like five rounds of reformulating and getting prototype samples sent to us. Our manufacturer hates us because apparently, <laughs> <laughs> apparently it's You're driving our, them crazy. Yeah, but like the supplement industry is so shady. We had to remove silica from it. All these, you know, that first run around the, our guy that we're working with wanted to include all these things that my partner and I just wouldn't want to have in a product that we would drink ourselves. So we didn't feel good about manufacturing it. So we had to just keep removing all these artificial flavors, sweeteners, anti-caking agents. Now we have a really pure product. That's, I mean, just really, really pure. And is it a kind of dried product? Yeah, it's a dried powder. Yeah, so it'll, it'll keep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's the thing. We didn't put silica in it, which is a uh, anti-caking agent. Okay. So because that that can be you know disruptive to your health, so we use this rice extract instead, which which has similar properties, but it's not as effective. So uh, our product can clump. We've been told, but it's not going to like detract from the value of it. It just uh-huh. you know if it sits on a shelf for a long period of time, it might clump up. It might naturally stick uh, together. But the reason why that's happening is because we didn't want to sacrifice the, you know, purity of the product by putting silicon dioxide in it, which is something that's in most supplements, but not good for you. So yeah, no, not at all. And I think the thing is because you've been making it yourself as well, you're even more kind of, you want the quality to be absolute because you've been used to drinking it. Um, and if they're adding all these bits, it's not even going to taste the same. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I just want something that I'll be able to drink too, without having to make the mix myself. And if mm-hmm. I knew it had silicon dioxide in it, I probably wouldn't drink it. <laughs> so no, you know, no. yeah, I'm and you wouldn't feel to... good about giving that to no, people either. So no. yeah, so mm-hmm. it's been a it's been hard, but uh, we finally have a, a winning formula now that doesn't have any of that stuff in it. It's it's very simple formula, and it's sweetened with monk fruit and stevia, and uh, yeah, it's really good. But basically, and it's got magnesium in it as well, hasn't it? Because I know a lot of people are deficient in magnesium. Yes. Magnesium too will also have anxiolytic properties. It'll help yeah. with anxiety and stress, uh, especially if you're deficient in it, which most of the population is. Yeah, so reishi kind of takes sure. time to build up in your system. Okay. But magnesium, you'll feel like instantaneously. 
Yeah. So how long does Rishi customarily take? So if someone they'd be having this what daily? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to say, but it you know you really don't you have to take it for a long time for this, for you to start noticing benefits. I'd say like you have to take it consistently for like three weeks before you start feeling it. Okay. But that's why Zen Blend is cool because you'll feel it right away in terms of providing yourself with like calm inner peace because of the magnesium. Yeah. And you'll feel that every day. And then if you, as you continue to take it, then the Rishi will start to kick in and you'll start to feel the blissfulness of that. And so then it just gets it. better and better. <laughs> it does. It literally gets better yeah. as, the longer you take it. So awesome. yeah, we designed it for people that have anxiety, high pressure jobs, you know, uh, you can either add it to your coffee or use it completely as a standalone alternative to coffee and, uh, you know, start your day with that instead. I just made a bulletproof version of it yesterday. Um, where I just or did took, you put like some coconut oil and grass fed butter in it? Or? Yeah, I literally just took yeah. Zen Blend. Okay. I made a Zen Blend with hot water and yeah. uh, on top of that, put it in my blender with MCT and ghee and blended that up just like you would make bulletproof coffee, except they yeah. use Zen. And it was amazing. Oh, amazing. I can't wait to try this. Yeah, I'll be sure yeah. to send you some, Angela. Yeah, no, um, I mean, you have um, people can find out more about this. Where can they find out more? Because it's coming out in a few months, but you. Yep. Potentia Wellness. So Potentia this company, Wellness. Okay, so I'll link Potentia. to that in the, in the show yes. notes. Cool. Yeah, people can sign up there. I, I can't wait to try it. Yeah. Um, I could do with more Zen. <laughs> I think <laughs> we, we all, all could. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I know um, this isn't something that you're creating at the moment, but I think you're going to have other blends coming out. You've been using Lion's Mane a lot Um and I think a lot of people aren't familiar with uh, the way it kind of generates nerve growth factors um, and it can actually penetrate the blood-brain barrier. Can you tell us a bit more about lion's mane? Yeah. So lion's mane is another medicinal mushroom. You can buy extracts from it. Again, it's supposed to be grown on wood. When you forage it here and where I live in Michigan, you'll see it growing on trees. You don't see it growing on the ground or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's a powerful mushroom. It stimulates something called dendrite outgrowth, mm -hmm. which is basically creation of new neurological tissue. Dendrite outgrowth is what your body is literally doing that already when you're learning something, right? Yeah. So this assists in your body's creation of this new neurological tissue and accelerates the learning process. And once you understand that, then you can really apply it to myriad different situations. If you're reading a book, studying for an exam, you know, taking this can help yeah. you memorize material uh, faster. If you're just trying to learn anything new, taking this throughout the learning process will, it will enhance your ability to learn. And one way that I like to use it is to learn new movement patterns. And that just means different ways of moving your body, um, especially if they're complex. Earlier, we talked about like choreographed dance or even something you know, like a weight training exercise that's hard to do, like a single leg deadlift. That actually takes yeah. a lot of like awareness and balance and it's hard to learn that movement pattern. If you're trying to learn something new that you're going to be doing with your body, like a physical movement that's kind of hard to do. Or complex then, yoga poses even. Yeah. yeah. Anything. You can apply yeah, this anything. to anything. Once you understand how it works, like any, anytime your body is going to be learning something, whether it's a new thought or a movement or anything, if it's going through the process of learning, you can enhance that process by supplementing with a good lion's mane mushroom extract throughout the process. I mean, this is super powerful because, you know, most of our listeners are kind of high performers and entrepreneurs and, and athletes and people. And, you know, they're always wanting to learn new things, you know, learnings yep. for life. So this is amazing. And is it the same as um, with the Reishi? Does it kind of need to build up in your system? So if you were learning something, would you be taking it for a while before you uh, began that process? That's what a good would you question. Recommend there? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Um, but I, I'm not sure about that. And it's a bit more immediate. Of, yeah, I think it's, it is more immediate, but I'm not 100% sure. But a great time you know, to take it, too, is to add it to your coffee or Zen Blend, if you get that, and you want to add yeah. more mushrooms to it. Like if you're gonna, if you're, anytime you're reading a book, if you're an entrepreneur and you're reading a new book or something, trying to acquire new information, for sure, 100% take Lion's Mane while you're doing that, and you're going to be able to assimilate and learn the information from that book more effectively. Wow, that's with, so with powerful. the same amount of work and time that you would normally mm. put into it. Well, I think they've done some studies, haven't they, where that um, it protects against things like dementia. Yeah, and I think um, that, that the mechanism behind, you know, the protection from neurodegenerative diseases is the exact way that it works. It promotes mm. more 
creation of new neurological tissue, not degeneration of it. Yeah. But it kind of has the opposite uh, function. Yeah. I mean, all these things, they enhance that concentration and you don't get that drop off effect that you get from caffeine. Yeah. Um, I mean, caffeine too. I mean, you're really ramping, you're stimulating your central nervous system. Caffeine is a known performance enhancing drug, but it comes with a variety of side effects, you know, including more stress and cortisol. If you're somebody that's, that's anxious and stressed mm -hmm. out, coffee, you know, it might be improving your performance, but it's definitely not helping with your uh, stress and anxiety. No, it's building. It comes back to what you were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. The autonomic nervous system has two branches that are mutually exclusive to each other, the fight or flight or the beat or breed. And one's relaxation, one's stimulation. And every time you drink coffee, you're, st you're adding to that, which also means you're yeah. adding to anxiety and stress and your body's yeah, not- Yeah, you're fueling the fire. So, yes. Yeah. And also with caffeine, you don't always absorb, you know, if you're having it in air to food, you're not absorbing all the vitamins and minerals necessarily from that because it can disrupt that. Um, with yeah, coffee ones. will hinder iron, absor iron yeah. absorption. Which for women in particular is a big, a big issue. Yep. Um, and also what I find is when I do a lot of uh, DNA testing with my clients as well, unless you've tested, then you don't actually know how you process the caffeine in terms yeah. of being a fast metabolizer, metabolizer or a slow metabolizer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know I had a, a client recently and actually what we found was that the uh, caffeine was interacting with her vitamin D receptor gene. So putting her at greater risk of things like osteoporosis. And wow. if you can take a mushroom blend instead, you know, so much better because you've got all the antioxidants and stuff in there as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait for this product, Angela. I think it's going to profoundly change people's lives. It's like we said earlier, like imagine somebody, somebody that has stress, a stressful job, you know, they're high performers and they're drinking coffee every day. If they just yeah. switch out their coffee for Zen blend, it's going to be like a game changer for them. They're going to be so It'll much be more amazing. Chill. Yes. And also even for things like um, enhancing your meditation practice, right? It's going to help yep. with that. You can also take it focus. at night. Yeah, so okay. it's not really going to be a sedative because you could take it in the morning and have blissful energy all day long. But if you take it at night, it's also going to help with sleep, deep sleep. So it's going to help relax you at night as well. That's amazing. So you can really take it any time of the day. I mean, can you overdose on it? Could you take too much? I mean, you could take too much of anything. But yeah, Rishi, is, <laughs> Rishi is a tonic herb in Chinese medicine, meaning that you, can't, you, you can take it all the time um, and really not worry about taking too much of it. However, some of the other herbs in there, you could definitely take too much magnesium, by the way. If you take yeah. too much magnesium, it'll really you have disaster your... pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you, yeah. You, you could take too much of it for sure. More so. What are the other herbs magnesium. that you're putting in it? Uh, yeah. So, basically, Zen Blend has Rishi, it has a very bioavailable form of magnesium. It's also got cordyceps, which is a mushroom we haven't talked about, but that's known mm. for producing like energy, but it's non-stimulating energy. So it's not like coffee. You can even drink, you can have something with cordyceps in it right before bed and still be fine. It's kind of weird how it functions. It's kind of like ginseng. Cordyceps um, also really good, isn't it? For the more kind of athletic uh, people among us yeah, in terms yeah, of oxygen delivery. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It improves VO2 max. Yes. Uh, which is like your body's oxygen efficiency, basically. Mm -hmm. So anybody that's, in any kind of an endurance athlete or does anything that really gets their heart rate up, gets them breathing heavily, they're going to benefit from cordyceps. So that's in it. And uh, we also have another really powerful herb called Bacopa, which is not a mushroom. It's a plant, but it's also been proven to be anxiolytic. I actually looked up a, when we were formulating this, I looked up a couple studies on it and uh, found that in clinical studies, Bacopa was shown to be just as powerful as prescription uh like benzo pills uh, like wow. and some other things and, yeah wow. so imagine yeah, that and not addictive <laughs> exactly yeah so that that's another herb in there uh that, that we put in there that we really like but yeah like i said it's a pretty simple blend the challenge with it was keeping it clean also making it taste good because reishi by itself is very very bitter um yeah yeah. And the cocoa and the stevia, I guess, is going to make it taste pretty nice. The cocoa and the, the stevia and the monk fruit. Yeah. The they monk really, fruit, yeah. yeah the, the cocoa is a nice yeah. way to get these things in, you know, to kind of transport them in through the palate in a tasty way. So this is going to come in like a powder that you mix with kind of just less than boiling water, presumably? 
Yep, warm water. Doesn't warm have to be water. boiling. Everything's already extracted. So you can even be room temp water. You can add it to your coffee as well if you're if you if you don't want to give up coffee, but you want to enhance it. Yeah. Kind of balance it out a little bit more. You can add this to your coffee as well. Okay. And does it so it kind of balances out, but it doesn't slow down the release of caffeine necessarily. No, I mean if you added the ghee and the MCT oil, then it will, yeah. But if you're just adding Zen blend powder to it, there's no fat in it, so that's not gonna really slow anything down in terms of okay. digestion. And do you recommend that you have it on an empty stomach or Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean a lot of the stuff in it is gonna be absorbed more readily if it's if your body is not trying to digest other things. Like I said, we we either, you know, are gonna be telling people to drink it by itself or add it to a other hot beverage that, you know, you think it would go well with, like uh, coffee. You wouldn't want to add it to your matcha because that would be a weird contradictory kind of flavor matchup. Yeah, yeah, and they'd be doing kind of the same, well, similar things, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm super excited to try it, and I'll definitely link to that uh, in the show notes so people can get more on that. I can't wait for it to come out. Cool, uh, me too. Amazing. And so um, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. How, how can people find you, um, Blake? I know you're big on YouTube. Yeah. You can pretty much just search anywhere for Gorilla Zen. That's, my, Zen. that's okay. my first company, and that's spelled G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L-A-Z-E-N, like Gorilla Fighter. Gorilla Zen. Gorilla Zen. Um, I love that combo. Yep. Two R's and two L's. You can search that anywhere. I'm, I'm really active on YouTube and Instagram. Um, and my new company, Potentia Wellness, that's spelled P-O-T-E-N-T-I-A, like potential, but without the A, yeah. without the L, Potentia. Uh, Potentia Wellness. If you just go to PotentiaWellness.com, okay. you can see our website. You can also check us out on Instagram. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in getting the Zen Blend, if you go to PotentiaWellness.com, you'll see a email you know, form there. If you put your email in, we're going to be giving a really serious discount to people that pre-order. It might be awesome. all the way up to like 50% off. So, oh, wow. Amazing. That's, yeah, that's only going to be on the launch. We're still trying to figure out if we're going to be shipping to the UK. I think it's likely that we will because I have a considerable fan base there as I talked yeah, to you about you at the beginning. That. So we're going to figure out a way to get love it. Yeah, we'll figure out a way to get it over there uh, somehow. And... Uh, yeah, so if you're listening yeah, to this, so I'll link to it all so people can um, yeah, go on and register for it. Cool. Yeah. Sure. I'll put all that in the show notes. Amazing. Great. Thank you so much. I, I can't wait for it to come out. So exciting. <laughs> and just to say, I mean, Blake, you have so much content out there if people want to go and look. There's so many valuable videos, especially on the postural side as well um, and yes. all your foraging. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll put all the links in so people can see that. Um, but thanks again. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me on. Pleasure. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources, and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body, and lifestyle.